coming straight from the cockpit. It's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void uh, in still some strange fucking times. And because they're as strange as they are, I had to have this guest back on again because, I mean, come on. I've been getting some amazing photographs from you lately, which is incredible. But you got to tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do? What's up, Dean? It's uh, Ryan Casserly again from Postfoot. What do I do? I just do weird shit, man. That's it. Lots of weird stuff. Dude, dude, the fucking 4th of July picture, quite frankly, made my entire Independence Day. Well, it's all about freedom, isn't it? Right. That was, <laughs> you gotta, uh, first off, I'm, I'm not even going to describe it. I want you to describe this picture. Please tell me what I was seeing in that picture and what inspired that amazing shot. Well, you know, uh, I love short shorts, man. I got three daughters, so you got to embarrass them when their friends come over. So I've been wearing the silkies. And um, I don't know, they're maybe like four inches long. <laughs> you know, my balls wiggle out the bottom. Yep. Uh, so basically what you had there was me, my America bandana, yep. America silkies, and my old lady glasses. Yeah. So fucking was- epic. Well, and, and to truly paint the picture, you're also covered in tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> with with you, with very stylish facial hair as well. So it really paints a true Fourth of July America. Fuck yeah, picture. <laughs> yeah, man. Facial hair, you know, like like we were saying, facial hair is uh, you need it. Yeah, you need, it. You need to to have that lines mane. So why For not sure. have something weird on your face just to make people happy? You know, it was kind of funny because I was looking at the picture and giggling and laughing, and then it dawned on me that that picture kind of probably sums up what non-jumpers think skydivers are like. That woofos would go, clearly this guy does something like jump out of airplanes. (laughs) Well, absolutely. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, all of us are quite fun characters, I would say. You know, in our own way. Every single jumper. But um, I like to take it to a new level. Like, I have this whole thing I've been doing lately. Um, You know, COVID's been so horrible. And I just want to see people smile. So I've been just doing Facebook marketplace ads, mm. like all over the place, um, dressing up in strange outfits and just posting these things for sale. I did um, one that got thousands of hits and replies. I actually had to take it down for a bit. I, I put on my leopard print Speedo and went out and cleaned the pool with my, with my mustache. And then I kept changing hats. And I think the caption was pool boy for hire. If you don't like my bottom, don't worry. I'll wear yours. And I uh, come with an assortment of hats and I'm extremely discreet. And I literally had like hundreds of people, thousands of likes and hundreds of people hit me up. And then like, I think it was like seven ladies were literally trying to hire me to come to their house. <laughs> and my wife's like, Jesus, what have you done here? You know, like, this is outrageous. I did another one where I dressed up like Waldo and said, I'll come to your house for 16 hours and stand in the corner. You know, it's, uh, it's fun for the whole family, especially little Johnny at, at 3 a.m. And that one did well, but yeah, I just keep posting this stuff, making people smile and that, that's, it's making me smile. Making yeah, smile. for sure. You know, it's kind of funny cause that makes me think of like all the, um, the comedians, the really famous comedians that do insanely crazy shit and then say, God, I wonder what my kids are going to think when they see this, <laughs> but they're fucking famous. So I wonder what our kids are going to think when it's just dad's a fucking freak. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's, he's I mean, not I'm, not, I'm not famous. <laughs> Definitely not famous. I'm, I'm maybe infamous in my county, right? Uh, but that's that's about it. Actually, I was just at a I was at a Fourth of July party. Um, uh, well, not a party, a gathering. Right, less than fifty people, and um, you know they they told me on Saturday to be not too drunk. So I was on my best, you know, performance level for, for Sunday. Sure. And I, I put a show on man and I was sitting there and people are like, Oh, you're the guy from the, from the ants. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that's, and my daughter's just like, Jesus, this is, this is terrible. But, and when I told him that I'm a religion teacher while I was prancing around in a leopard print speedo next to the number one NBA draft pick, Obi, <laughs> wound up being there. I'll send you that picture in a little bit. He's like, dude, he's like nine feet tall. And he's like, we need a picture together. But, um, uh, yeah, they they were they were thinking it was pretty hysterical that I also teach religion. It was oh. like a lot of you know a lot of spit wine after I brought that out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and and but then again, you're like me, and the the shock value is is almost the entire reason to do it. Now, exactly. Now, um, in keeping with that theme, so let's talk about lots of tattoos, lots of tattoos. Yes. You, it's, what was the first one? Why did you get it? What's your most outrageous one? I want to talk ink for a minute because that picture still just, you know, full mammal toe American flag is just in my brain. America. Yeah, man. Um, wow. My first tattoo. Um, I guess it's my last name across my back. Okay. You know, just in case I ever forgot it. Sure. Um, you know, Brad Bradley from Sublime had it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I right. was like, you know, 19 years old. I was like, I need that same tattoo. What's... So instead of it saying it says casserly yeah and uh that was it and then i was you know i just got hooked man um mm. shit i don't even know where where I, I started next i think um i did my feet so on my left foot is an octopus hence you know the puss foot thing right uh right foot i got like a lot of nautical stuff cool and then it moves up the leg you know a couple of anchors you got to have an anchor on your upper thigh if you're gonna wear a little short yeah, yeah so yeah. I put that there. Um, I actually have, you know, the uh, <laughs> a little embarrassed of this one after finding out what, you know, people are considering it now. Um, you know, like the circle game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that on my leg, and now all of a sudden it's offensive. So it's like, do I cover it or do I leave it? You know, it's right there. All right. Um, I've had that one for a while. Um, and then the belly. Um, actually, the big belly band. I was, I was uh, I did all my coach jumps with Jeffro Provenzano one day. Yeah, yeah. And he, the guy, the guy's just an animal, man. He just jumps, 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 eats healthy food, gives you a Red Bull and you keep jumping. So I was driving home and I'm like, man, that was a really epic day. I'm going to get a tattoo in my belly. And I couldn't think of what to do. And I walked in, I'm like, eh, I'm going to die trying. So I just did that. <laughs> he could have wrote, <laughs> he could have wrote like, yeah, you're a little princess, you know? And I would have left it because I had, I had not eaten and I drank so many Red Bulls and my blood sugar was all off. So oh. pain made me start drooling and I passed out on the table. That one was horrible. Um, <laughs> The Spartan in the middle of my chest, and then it says Hannibal Ad Portis. Um, you know, Hannibal's at the gates. I heard that somewhere. I thought it was mad cool. And I got daughters, man, so I need to kind of have that that look. Right. You know, like when that boy comes to the house and I take off my shirt, pull out the belly. Yeah. I want him to see that. I think maybe, maybe he's done time. I don't know. Yeah, for uh, sure. But I'm only going to get to use that one day because I'm going to be that cool, <laughs> that cool father who doesn't care that they're dating. Right. But um, yeah, just a lot of tattoos. Um, the whole chest is actually my family. So each shamrock is one of my daughters. Nice. And then, um, the year I was born. And then I got a sailing boat or a ship on my, I don't know. There's just so much. Sure. Then, you know, 
Oh, you're sugar skulls. Yeah, man, you are inked, proper inked. I mean, and I'm I'm pretty heavily tattooed as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. but you've got a shitload of them. Oh yeah, which is cool. Well, I got my favorite, my Peter, my Peter Pan. Right, I like that one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, How funny! I ain't is never that? growing up. I mean, we've all got our favorite tattoos. I've certainly got the ones that I think are my favorites. I don't have any that I regret. Although there's some of them I look at and go, "Yeah, that could have been done better." <laughs> yeah. So to that, I uh, I didn't. I don't pay for tattoos. It's a whole long story, and um, I wound up going into the shop one day, and I was like, "Hey." How funny would it be if you gave me a Rolex crown on my dick? <laughs> and he goes, let's do it. And I'm like, all right. He's like, you're going to go shave yourself. You're going to go do this. He gave me this pencil to mark the center line. It looks like my cock's wearing a fucking sideways crown. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but the best part was my wife's sitting there and I'm posting pictures and she goes, what, what fucking idiot would get a, a Rolex crown tattooed on their dick? And then she sees the fly easy tattoo off to the right side. And she goes, Oh my God, I'm getting calls. What are you doing? But yeah, so that's a fun one. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, early morning come out and scratching away and the girls will get a peep at the top of the crown. and like, Ew, dad, put that away. Now for, for everyone listening, I want you to always keep in mind that this is a Sunday school teacher. (laughs) (laughs) That's, God bless you. Dude, that is still it's it, it it just goes to show you cannot judge a book by its cover. You can't. You know, everyone yeah, you gotta have I, I have a couple of hats that I wear. Yeah. You know, like uh one on my penis to the one I wear in church. It's, sure. Uh, well you I and think I, that's a good balance in life. Well and you and I talked about that before. I mean I'm I'm uh, perfectly comfortable putting on a suit and tie and I can definitely play the you know the gray bearded professional guy. I just don't do that very often. Um, but I also very much like being the suit and tie guy that gets to roll up his sleeves and show off a sleeve tattoo. And, and then they find out you used to be a fucking Vegas stripper and all that stuff. I I love that shit. You know, it's fucking hilarious. I don't like, you know, not fitting into categories is a very nice thing. Yeah. Well, I I don't think anyone knows where I'm coming at. I don't even know where I'm coming at. Good. Like all depends on how I wake up, I guess. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Through COVID, I, I received like commendations from people, challenge coins, military letters, and stuff. And then they find out, like, oh, what's your, you know, Facebook? And I never really want to give it out, but right. then somehow they'll find you. And they're like, oh my god, yep, like, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, I started doing uh, over COVID as well. I started trying to, like everybody, do a, a few sideline gigs and and stay busy and I mean, you know, make a few bucks here, extra here and there. And and uh, I started doing a little bit of voiceover work and I started doing some copyright work. Um, and with the copywriting work, I found it was really weird because people would be like, well, can you send us some of your previous work? And my answer was always actually, no, (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Um, nothing that I've ever written professionally is anywhere suitable for, you know, what you're looking for. (laughs) So it's this, it's the same thing, you know? Well, um, do you have a link to your, yeah, but my link is the fucking pilot, you know, that doesn't exactly suit in the real world. So it's, it's, uh, it's weird, isn't it? It, it is. You know, it's, and it's funny because I just added food to Pussfoot. Through COVID, that's all we were doing was cooking. Right. And I love to cook. It's like one of my favorite things to do with the family and friends. And everyone's going to Pussfoot and reading these recipes. And I'm like, shit, they're looking at everything else, too. And then sure. finding out, like, oh, so it's been, it's been interesting. Um, you know, the comments we're getting 
and then well, <laughs> realizing it's, it's the UFO. And, so what's the food group on Facebook that you started? Uh, the foodie OG. Yeah. Okay. So you it's put still- you put the foodie OG up, and at first I saw it, and I didn't I didn't join it at first, and and kept scrolling through and scrolling through, and every once in a while I'd see a post from it, and then I saw the post that made me join that group um, because it offended so many people, and I loved it, and that was the the birth cake. Oh God! Holy shit! Yeah. People lost their fucking minds over that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't post that. Just gonna say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. Uh, I was hoping that the the foodie page. It's really just. I mean, that's for anybody. Right. I don't care what you're to. That's just a page for everyone to come and post their creations. But yeah, that was rough. Yeah, that was man. Real rough. Well, that's and. The- uh, to, to anybody that hasn't hasn't seen it, first off, join the damn group because it's a really fun group. But uh, this particular uh, cake, uh, I don't know if the person that posted it made it or just saw a picture, but it is a very graphic, uh, frosting-laden representation of a birth. Uh, and it is... A dirty birth. Yeah. Uh, having been there for the birth of my child, I can say that it's a pretty fucking accurate representation of a birth. <laughs> And yeah. people lost their shit. I think the only comment that I made was, holy shit, there's a lot of sensitive people on this thread. <laughs> not knowing now what I know is that, that it's not just a bunch of skydivers. <laughs> yeah, that was, you got you got old ladies, you know, you got churchgoers, you got everyone in there. And that's the thing, like, I can't stand these groups that you go and you join and you can't post what you want to post, whether it be a link or a cake like that. Right. I mean, it's pretty groups. So go and post whatever you want. I just made it no rules, no holes bars. Sure. It's been, uh, well, dude, you know, two weeks, it's like almost a thousand people. Which is awesome. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because, I mean, I know that the, the whole politically co- correct revolution took over quite some time ago, and now there's a definite visible pushback to being politically correct. Like, you can see people are now actively going, you know something, fuck your sensitive soul, I'm going to say what I'm feeling. Uh, and I'm kind of yep. in the middle. You know, when it's a, I used to have a story that I would tell about being on the drop zone and um, during jumping hours, you keep it professional. But as soon as the sun goes down and the bonfire gets lit, you better take little Timmy home or he's going to learn some shit he doesn't, he's not ready to learn, you know. <laughs> and I, I do kind of believe in that separation of it. But that being said, man, if you don't like a post, just scroll past it. Exactly. I don't get it. I don't get why people are just being so overly uh like you said sensitive to everything right to everything there are so many legitimate things to be offended with in this world right now i don't see going out of your way to try and be offended by something else yeah just try to float through i mean i see stuff that bothers me and like you said i just scroll past it i don't want to yeah man. i don't want to be part of the no, no. Well, and, and there's a difference between my my uh, um, entertaining life and trying to be fun on the fucking pilot and all that, and then my personal page where I get truly fired up about things, and I'll definitely speak my mind, you know, for the causes that I believe in. But I don't. I try not to mix those and the fucking pilot or even this podcast. Uh, you know, I've had a couple where I've talked about more politically driven things and, and socially driven things. But for the most part, this podcast is to be, you know, light and fuzzy and fun. That being said, we're fucking four months or five months into unknown territory. I mean, so how's this pandemic been treating you and the, the your whole skydiving community? It's crazy. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's like a black cloud over us right now. Right. You know? uh, I have, I've nearly uh, 
trying to think here. I think we've canceled nine round trip flights for boogies so far this year. Jesus Christ. So it's been, yep, it's been rough. Everything keeps getting pushed back. Um, I, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. Kind of maybe, um, you know, we got we got a boogie coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm super excited about it. Sure, and I'm hoping that that actually goes through. It's it's in Virginia, and that's one of the states that we're still allowed to go to. They're not on that whole you know list. Are you worried <laughs> about the? Uh, are you worried about the new spikes that are hitting? I mean, um, for anybody that yes. doesn't know, I don't live in the states. I live abroad, uh, and uh, it's fucking insane watching it online and and through news and everything watching what's going on in the states so these spikes have got to be making you nervous yeah and you know and i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm a li- i'm overly sensitive to this um because i mean just to go back a little bit you know i do disaster recovery yeah, yeah. so i had basically I'd, I'd gone to a boogie in january and then i went to aruba with the family uh, right after that in February and the day after I got back, I got sent to Nashville for those tornadoes. Wow. And I worked those and while I was basically just, you know, down there setting up stuff, I got a phone call saying, Hey, you need to come home. Um, and I ran home, you know, from Tennessee in two days <clears throat> and basically haven't stopped working the COVID stuff. Wow. Um, the masks I wear, you know, this is some like stuff out of, uh, some virus movie. I'm in full PAPR because of the facial hair. Sure. Um, Tyvek. I mean, I, I, I did a lot of stuff in a lot of areas and saw a lot of things that, you know, really mess with you. Sure. So I'm really sensitive. It's, it's real folks. I don't, you know, I know that Facebook makes some people think it's real and some people think it's not, but it's real. I've been around all the bodies. I've seen the carnage that this created uh, up here in New York. <clears throat> so when I see these new spikes, man, it's, or these kids having parties or, um, you know, even some of the drop zones that had opened maybe a little too early, just, it scared me. And then now we're seeing the repercussions of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, even up here where I live, we just had some kid, uh, 20 years old, you know, he went and he threw a party and you know, I don't know what he does. He's got some sort of website. So he, he had it all posted. That was on the 17th. We're up to 300 cases just from that party. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, it's all over the news too. And you know, the, kids being a little arrogant about it but you gotta just just keep your distance you know if you're going to the drop zone wear your mask you gotta wear your mask yeah man. very important you know i'm, I'm lucky uh, i'm in a place that uh, um yeah. locked down relatively early and kept that lockdown really really tight um and yeah. it, it made a huge difference and and uh, uh i would watch all this shit of course social media is the easiest way for me to track what's going on with my friends and friends like katie hansen uh, who's just a badass, her and her husband pick up and drive across the country so she can volunteer in hospitals in New York. You know, so she's knee-deep in that. As soon as the uh, the protests start, he's knee-deep in the protests. And so I'm just fucking on overload in Facebook seeing all this shit going on from these incredible skydivers. You got Liquid Sky out in California starts making masks right away, and a lot of other manufacturers followed suit. And that was the cool thing about it is as fucked up as it all is, I was watching in real time as all my skydiver friends were really digging deep and helping out in any way that they could which is fucking epic you know yeah it was neat to see how everyone kind of got together what julio did was just awesome right and like you said everyone just followed suit i mean he was uh he was doing those right off the bat oh yeah I and mean, then you had helps. i mean he was distributing all this stuff everyone just got together and it was it was pretty epic to watch 
but it's scary because it, it at the same time you know our community banded and started doing some really epic stuff but we all lost our chance to jump you know a lot, how many people went on current during this oh so, dude no it's it's ridiculous and yeah i mean the the stuff that julio was doing was incredible no small part of which was him coming on the podcast and telling me about shoving his arm up a cow's ass <laughs> which is still that's going to go down as one of my favorite moments in the podcast is as he's telling me how he's giving a pregnancy test to cattle and all this crazy stuff and i'm like how the fuck did we get here from jumpsuits this is amazing <laughs> it was it was wonderful you know but yeah the, the the everybody going on current and then being thrown back into it hopefully you know and and uh, i'm hoping that everybody is super super safe getting back into it because i know everybody's fired up to jump but uh you know, I mean, the- that was that was the scary part. It's like everyone wants to jump, but we need to do it safely. Yes. So how do we do it safe? Is there you know, emergency action plan for the drop zones? How many people are on a load? Are they cleaning the planes afterwards? And a lot of people, you know, really don't believe that this is uh, an issue. But again, I- I've seen the bodies. I know it's an issue. So what? seeing us drop zones do it, it was good. Like Suffolk sure. did had a great plan. Sussex had a great plan. Um, and those are the only two drop zones I've been to since this started, really. Uh, January, we were down in Clewiston with Julio. And then after that, it was just work, work, work. Sure. So. Well, you know, my big thing with uh, with the precautions is what does it fucking hurt? What does it hurt? Nothing. You know, it doesn't hurt to wear the mask. It doesn't hurt to clean the plane. If anything, it just the plane doesn't smell like asshole anymore. Which is yeah. which is good news, you know. I mean, it doesn't hurt anything to take those extra precautions. The one that worried me a little bit was the the tunnels. A lot of tunnels yeah. I saw opening up a lot earlier than I thought was a good idea. Because um, you're just talking about, I mean, it's recirculating air for Christ's sakes. And come on. <laughs> so I've I've kept Ryan out. And I'm going to keep her out, even though it might be hurting her a little bit right now. Um, she's not going back until we know we have this under control. Right. It's just not worth the fucking risk. I mean, that's the thing, right? Scott Evers are all about risk assessment and reducing risk as much as possible. So do that. Do that when this is involved as well. I mean, you wouldn't fucking, you know, jump a, a, a way out of date reserve without checking everything out. and all. You wouldn't do all the stupid things you can do in skydiving if you could avoid it. So... If you're going to do a gear check and you're going to play with your handles all the way to altitude, there's no reason why you can't also make sure your mask is on. Yes. That's it. Yeah, yep. absolutely. No, I completely agree. Plus, it's just one more thing Scott Evers can try and figure out how to make look cool. <laughs> They're just going to accessor- <laughs> hey, accessorize the fucking masks. I was jumping yesterday, and it's neat to see all these people with these really neat neck buffs now. Like, yeah. All sorts of new neck buffs out there. So. I mean, is it doing anything? I don't know. But at least it's it's the illusion of safety. And maybe that um, is like a placebo. will help you, your body. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be. But again, I just, I've seen all this garbage that happens. So. Sure. Well, everything that I've seen in regard to the masks and stuff is... Uh, it's not to keep you from catching it; it's to keep you from spreading it. So, it, you, yeah. if you cough or sneeze and you got a mask on, it's going to go a dramatically shorter distance than if you don't have that shit on. So, yeah. put the fucking mask on. I like the people that are saying wearing a mask is just a sign of the respect that you have for the people that are around you. I know that it's gotten kind of turned into this like fucking political Freedom. bullshit, and yeah. Which is a bunch of garbage, for Christ's sakes. It just If I've got my mask on, it's just because I'm looking at you and going, if I'm fucked, I don't want you to be fucked as well. Exactly. It's, it's courtesy. 
it's, it's a courtesy. Yeah, although I'll tell you Especially what. Especially with me. How, how long did it take before uh, um, you could walk up to somebody without extending your hand to shake it? I'm not doing it still. It's still, I mean, it's. Oh. I, I'm not doing it either, but it's fucking, it took me probably two months before I could not feel uncomfortable by not extending my hand to shake. So I'm, I'm kind of a germaphobe anyhow, so I hate shaking hands. Um, I do it. Right. But, you know, like, there's nothing worse than being at a drop zone. Some Someone with sweaty pumps grabs <laughs> yes. your hand and you're like, oh, God. Um, but, yeah, it took probably about a month, right. I'd say, until it was, yeah, I don't even care. Here, fist bump or give me the elbow or whatever we're doing now. Um, yeah. I, I, I did, did touch someone's hand yesterday. Actually, we were in the plane. And um, good friend of mine, though, like very good friend, seen him through the whole thing. And everyone in the plane, when I actually gave him you know, a little bump before we went out, was like mortified that we touched. <laughs> funny, but um, again, I've been, you know, we've been in the same house basically through this whole right. thing. So it wasn't right, right. You know, practically kind of neat. But yeah, it's, it's I, don't know, I don't think we're ever going back to handshakes. No, I think they, I think they've kind of gone by the wayside now. I think it's going to be a, a fist bump or something like that. I think some of the the that is a bit gone, which is fine. I'm not much of a germaphobe, so I never had a problem with the handshake. But I'm a bit of an introvert. I'm an extroverted introvert. Like if given the option to go to the big party or stay home and watch fucking Lord of the Rings again, chances are I'm getting drunk on the couch watching Lord of the Rings. Um, so so when the when the lockdown happened for at least the first month, I was like. This is kind of the greatest thing that's ever happened. I I have to stay home and and I don't have to give excuses. And then again, where I was living, there were uh, even when it wasn't a full lockdown, there were curfews. So if you were hanging out with friends, I had the automatic. Oh shit, man! It's almost eight o'clock. I gotta go. So I didn't have to. Go. I didn't have to ghost anymore. It was like you gotta fucking go home. <laughs> so it was that part was good. It's, it's weird because it's it, all right, so yesterday this exact conversation came up uh, you know I get I get hassled by a lot of my, my homies that I'm not jumping enough right now sure and you know I'm working my ass off but I also explained to him like yeah I mean I write for Pussfoot every day right. I don't have writers it's me so I'm engulfed in the culture all day long and normally I'm traveling to a boogie every other weekend to go organize this has been the nicest year I'm home <laughs> with my family where you know, I mean, except for the excessive alcohol abuse, which I've just heard. It's getting bad. Yeah. But um, I'm home with the kids every night. We're cooking dinners. We're make, I'm making like French cuisine right. out of cans. Right. You know, like I'm coming up with this shit that's just epic. And I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I was also still immersed in the culture. And that's what these guys just didn't get. Like, yo, this is my opportunity to get a break. Sure. Like I'm actually allowed to have a break now versus... You know, hopping on some Delta flight on a Friday and then flying home on a Sunday. Right. You know, that life gets rough. Oh, yeah, man. Well, it it was the same for me as well, doing the podcast and stuff, being very immersed still, having these long conversations and trying to track people down and to line up the fun interviews. And and then, of course, COVID's fucking going off. So I'm wanting to talk to people about how they're dealing with stuff as it's going on. And so I'm still, you know, neck deep in the skydiving world. So I, I I never felt like I missed out on anything. Um, I haven't oh, had, I haven't had the chance to get recurrent because uh, um, when my operation started flying again, I was doing a lot of the flying. Um, so there was no time for me to strap a rig on. But again, I'm still in the sport every day, basically. So I, yeah. I never walk away from it. Definitely haven't skipped a beat. If anything, I've been busier with it. But just 
not having to travel. And- sure. Now, speaking yep. of, uh, um, you've had a lot of different stuff going on on Pussfoot. You've definitely been cranking it out. So how is that going? Uh, we're growing quite fast. I just, uh, I'm trying to keep it interesting. Yeah, man. You know, what would I want? Um, and then I, I talk to a lot of these newbies that are just getting started. What do they want to see? Sure. Um, the one we just did with you, man, that was awesome. That was People fun. I know who you are. You know, that was good. Um, but no, it's it's growing. Again, it's never been a money thing. I don't want to make money. If we sell a jersey, hey, I don't have to pay for the website that much. Sure. So that's always been fun. So as long as I can keep the, the pace, um, I, I'm never going to end it. You know, pass the torch on to my daughter one day. Yeah, man. But it's, uh, no, it's good. It's just, it's, it, it is a labor of love. You've got to want to wake up in the morning and think about what you're going to write that day and sure. keep it fresh. It's like you're doing, you know, it's oh, yeah. Well, that was the same thing, you know, writing for the magazine all those years um, and having a blast doing it. Um, and with the podcast is actually a bit more intense because I do it every week instead of every month with the magazine. Um, and there are days you wake up and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about skydiving today. But uh, again, it's, it is very much a labor of love because if anybody, I've had a few people ask, so you making a lot of money off the podcast? And I just fucking laugh. I'm like, really? <laughs> Really? <laughs> different people, people that think that we're making a ton of money. It's like, yeah, I, I, I sold, you know, a couple jerseys this month and you know, paid for the jerseys that we bought that are still right. sitting in the box. And, right. and I didn't have to pay for the website. So that's good. And yeah, I'm happy. You know, that's, yeah. that's all right. No money. You know, yeah. I don't want the money. I want this to become a business because I think once it becomes a business, then you're glued to it. And right now I could walk away if I really sure. wanted to. So it's not a job. And yeah. it's, I guess, still a passion and if it ever becomes a job i don't know how i'd feel about it oh you wouldn't feel the same anymore i mean it's it was the same with this and and uh initially the podcast was suggested to me by a good buddy of mine um in as a way to try and promote the book that i had just written uh which in itself was a labor of love um and basically just for me to be able to say i wrote a fucking book and you know publish the damn thing so he says, you should start a podcast and try and promote it that way. And then, of course, this just kind of became its own thing. And I kind of forgot I fucking wrote a book for the longest time. And the book has made me just about enough money to pay for the podcast that I started to promote the fucking <laughs> book. <laughs> so That's anybody, crazy, the amount of money. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. When anybody tells me that, uh, uh, yeah, I read the book. And I'm like, oh, so you're one of them. One of the few. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, nah, man. I, like, a, I love when people come up to you and say, oh, I read that article. It's like, oh, thank God. Someone's reading. You know, right. Every once this- in a while, I'll get that. I'll, I'll have a, a, a jumper that will come up and, and go, you're the fucking pilot. And I'm like, so I, I want to hug them more than they want to hug me because I'm so impressed <laughs> anybody knows. I'm like, this is cool. Man. This is cool. But it, it, it kind of just ties back to uh, the same mentality as jumping. You know, I mean, it's you have this drive to do something in this amazing community and the podcast and the book and all the bullshit is kind of just a way to give back to the community that's given so much to me. And that is exactly, man. That's when, like, again, like I said the first time, you know, when I started Pussfoot was because I was a complete newbie and I couldn't find everything in one spot. You know, you can mm. go to the Blue Sky and get some great stuff or USPA and get some great stuff and then go over to like the Drop Zone and get some stuff. And I was like, I'm not trying to put this all in one spot. You know, right. for someone just like me that can go, oh, I can find this. So that's where the drop, you know, the drop zone guides came in. And that's still, I love those. I mean, they sure. take me hours and hours to put together. So oh, no one can plan. <laughs> it's like eight hours to write one. You know, you got to go and find everything in the area and then get the links and, you know, airports. And then you get the airport owners calling you. Like, you know, 
the manager of Atlanta International calling you. She's like, can you please add this? It's like, no, bro. Look, you got enough. Your website's in there. Um, and I don't monetize anything. So it's, you know, it's, it's interesting when people start calling up wanting more. But yeah, I mean, just so you can go find everything. It was, it was fun. And, and I, I don't I don't really want to stop that until they're all right. in there. It's going to well, be know, it's, an old man. It's, it's <laughs> funny, too, because nowadays um, people aren't looking for the big names anymore. They're looking for these little, um, what do they call them, micro-influencers. You know, people that have relatively small followings, but they're, you know, really pushing to give these people, you know, something big. And I mean, this this podcast doesn't have a huge following. It's got a decent following. Uh, exactly. I don't, I don't I don't give a fuck if it gets huge because the few people that I know that I talk to that listen to it are enjoying it. And that's all I care about. And I'm sure it's exactly. the same. You're giving information to the people that want it. Exactly. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. And it, and it feels good. You know, like when I finish something. It's like, yes, what's next? Now I got to do, you know, like, but it is nice to see, like, you know, I, I always watch the traffic and at least five times a day, someone's logging in, looking at a different drop zone. And I'm like, right. wow, I was able to help that drop zone and able to help this person. They know where to camp. They know what to expect with the bathrooms. Is there a bunkhouse? Um, they get the pictures and they know what they're walking into. And it feels good. It's like, all right, that that's helping somebody. What's well, a big fucking deal? I mean, especially with the number of drop zones that are out there now, the variety of drop zones, the shit that is and is not acceptable. And, and mm -hmm. it's important to know that stuff. Like, had I known um, in 2003 that Cross Keys was not just the busiest drop zone in the world, but the craziest party drop zone in the world, I probably wouldn't have gone there. <laughs> that being said, you I got there. where you are today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it, in, 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 I suppose in my case, it worked out for the best, but Jesus, I mean, I remember sitting in the pee pit in drastically altered states of mind about a month and a half after I got there going, fuck me, this was the responsible choice. Like <laughs> I came here cause this place was busy and holy shit. <laughs> so it's crazy, man. One left turn, change your whole life. Yeah, oh, man. So. Yeah, one trip down Dahlia Avenue, and and uh, and that was that. But it's it's cool that you're you're laying stuff like that. Now, when you when you're detailing different drop zones, are you getting into that kind of detail? Like this drop zone's a a mom and pop family kind of place, or this one's known for crazy weekends, or so it, it's it. I do and I don't. I put it in the you know the top basically in my little uh, intro, um, very vaguely. And if someone has a, has a question, I put it at the bottom. I'm trying to keep this as to the point as possible. Sure. The dogs, the bathrooms. Um, a few people have asked to do that, but I kind of don't want to, I don't want to put that in like, oh, this is where you're going to go to get fucked up. You know, <laughs> this, this is the spot. Because I feel like, I don't know, that's maybe like um, bad business for the DZ. You know, if, yeah. if you, USPA is reading these. Oh, this is the one we need to go watch. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't really want, I don't want that for them. So I vaguely put in like, Oh, this is like a family feel. Um, you know, watch your, don't have to watch your stuff or, Hey, you never know who might be there. Right. So you know, right. keep an eye on your things. And, um, don't forget to go to the fire pit is always a, a good sure. one I'll put in, you know, like, Hey, definitely stay. If I say stay on the drop zone, that means you're going to want to be there. Right. 
See, like the the responsible adult in me thinks that's that's the awesome way to do it, but the fucking the asshole that wants to just have fun thinks that at the top of yeah. every drop zone description there should be like a a big fucking cock and a a <laughs> joint and just icons, you know, like little <laughs> so people could just I tell you what I tell you, I will do that for you on the next one, dude. I will. I'm gonna ask. I'll ask the DZ Emmer out, and I'll say, do you mind if I give you a rating? On the yes. top as to what the weekends are like. I'm not maybe going to, well, maybe I could do a big dildo. I could do a dildo and then color it in, you know, like from medium to, you know, full, fully erect. There you, you go. Know? Or you could do yeah. a, um, you could do a one to five dildo drop zone. Like this is only a half a dildo drop zone. So probably not going to get anything more than stimulating conversation <laughs> all the way up to a five, which is you're not going to remember what happened, but everything's going to hurt in a good way. We could do this. I mean, yeah, that doesn't seem too difficult. <laughs> and that's just the, that's the that's the guy that just wants to be as incorrect politically as humanly possible. You know, and, hey, you know, that's probably the time to do it. You know, that's why not rebel and just oh, be like, hey, dude, the world, point. the world we're in right now, it's so fucking relieving to hear people just do and say shit that, that might piss somebody off, but it's clearly meant in jest. And I don't know. I just don't know where everybody lost their sense of humor. And I, I haven't seen it too much in skydiving, which is another reason I am so thankful to be as deep in the sport as I am, because I still feel like you can be yourself in this sport in a world where everybody is scared to be themselves, whatever they might be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really strange time, man. 2020. Right? <laughs> I don't even, I don't have much more to say other than 2020. It even became my favorite hashtag. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, fucking aliens are next. It's gotta be the next step. Aliens. So a good one in Florida right now. I guess they've been flushing meth amphetamine down the toilet, and the gators getting all hopped up on it. <laughs> so you know, you went from you went from you know horrible storms to COVID to the bees to the riots, and now we're on meth gators. I love it. So yeah, probably that, or was it Nibiru, the new planet that's supposed to be coming back? Meth meth gators. So I've not meth heard gators. that one. I, I think yeah. I Florida I, I, man. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I kind of uh, lately I, I I must admit that I'll I'll be scrolling through the news and I just kind of brown out. <laughs> like I'll I'll be paying attention to something and then everything just blanks out for a few minutes and I'm doing something else cuz I think I'm just blocking shit out at this point. <laughs> it's it's not study. What a weird time. I, I keep telling my kids I'm like you guys need to remember this. So I'm I'm also like a amateur photographer i love photography cooking sure. skydiving you know religion um <laughs> and I've, been, uh, <laughs> I've been just documenting the whole thing you know if i see a mask on the floor i have a picture of it and I, I have an old school like fuji fixed lens 35 mil nice and i've just been going around just taking pictures and then one day i'll just release these but i keep telling my kids do the same like get your cell phones out take pictures of all this weird shit Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is the shit that uh, um, you will never be able to explain to anybody any other way if they weren't living through it. Now, actually, you mentioned it a few times, and I, I never really asked you the questions because you do the Sunday school thing, and you're a religious guy. I'm not religious. Um, and I always find that someone that is living your lifestyle and able to navigate through some pretty fucking bizarre times and still maintain a faith and a sense of humor, that's got to be a hell of a balancing act. I don't know, man. I'm just weird. I'm just, I'm just a weird soul, I guess. Fair enough. I don't know. Um, 
I don't. So yeah, I'm pretty religious, but I I also don't buy into a lot of religion. So you so you buy the religion, but not the dogma. Well, I, I suppose, but I mean, I mean, the dogma is sort of the basis. What range <laughs> true in church is what range true in heaven, right? So, I don't know. I don't. My my aspects of it are just so complicated. It would probably be like a five episode uh, podcast to go probably. over it. But I guess in 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 a just you got your you know your deadly sins, and I try to live my life the way I want to be treated and treat others. The, you know, like sure. That's, I'm going to treat you the way I want to be treated. I'm not sure. going to do anything to, you know, really, truly offend. And hopefully when I die, <laughs> sure, I'm accepted for what I've done. You know, I there you go. To, I try to live my life in, in that manner. But, well, yeah, I uh, mean, as a non-religious guy, the whole Ten Commandments thing, I get it. They're great fucking ideas. I don't yeah. need to be religious to go, yeah, don't be a dick. Don't fuck somebody else's wife. Don't kill. Don't steal. That all makes complete perfect sense to me. So yeah, I totally get it. Absolutely, I get it. I just what was the line in uh, um, in the, uh, uh, the fucking Tom Hanks movie? Uh, Faith is a gift I have yet to be given. I always <laughs> thought that was a great way to describe it because uh, I've been asked plenty of times because I was I was baptized. You know, I was sure. raised in an Italian Catholic family, but <laughs> no, it just didn't stick. <laughs> so weird, man. I'm, I'm also I you know for fun I got ordained. You know, like uh, from one of them just websites and me too. I, all these going to marry them and stuff but yeah, at the same too. time i'm always someone's godfather i'm always you know doing this i am a eucharistic minister so i go out to sick people and give them you know all that goodness but I, i'll never remember i got when i was getting married i had to go through pre-cana and um you know i married a jewish girl so it was like really weird for everything <laughs> of course you and did one of the holidays man yeah <laughs> but uh I remember I had to make confession and he goes, all right, you know, when was your last confession? I, was, I haven't done this in a long time. He's like, all right. He's like, uh, so what do you want to say? I'm like, I've committed every single sin except for murder and adultery. And he goes, why those two? I'm like, no one's pissed me off enough and I'm not married. yet." <laughs> and he's like, all right. He's like, say one hail Mary and welcome back to God's good graces. I'm like, you sir rock. But, there um, you go. yeah, it wasn't until I really had kids that I, I started getting more back into it. And then, um, well, I mean, e- even for somebody like me that's not religious, I can't argue the fact that it teaches great lessons. So, I mean, it's good lessons and good community, you know. Sure. That's about it. Well, my uh, daughter was my daughter was raised, uh, uh, went to Catholic school, and all this stuff, and I never ever imposed my opinions on her because eventually she would grow up and form her own opinions, which she's done, and and she's a good and moral person, which is fantastic, and she learned a lot of great lessons going to that school. So. What am I going to say? Well, that's all I really care is that my kids wind up in a good spot. I know I'm crazy, but I kind of feel like the things they see me do just make them stronger and be able to handle, you know, different situations. Like, you know, <laughs> sure. I mean, shit. Actually, that's that's uh, that's one of the podcasts that I want to do coming up is uh, myself and a couple of the guys that I work with have um, sons and daughters that are, you know, between 15 and 23, 24 years old. And I want to interview them because uh, none of the kids are, are jumpers. My daughter's done a couple of skydives, but other than that, she's only known skydiving through my life. Uh, and I always thought it would be a really cool podcast to get their, you know, unedited versions of what life was like having a dad that, you know, did this and had that reputation and, I think it would be cool. That and my mom. I want to do the same thing with my mom and uh, uh, Junior. David Junior Ludwig and I are going to interview our moms and find out what they really think. 
Yeah, my poor mother. I, I, I just I couldn't imagine what a what a podcast with her would be like. The things she's seen me do, right? For my my life, and she's like, you know, uh, a Brooklyn Irish Catholic woman. She's been with one man her entire life, and right. then she has me as a son. Uh, or to hear my daughter, that would be really interesting. You right? Should, you should do her in, in five years. Yeah, man. Um, hey, speaking of her, she just got featured on Girls World magazine. She had the cover. It was pretty cool. She had a whole four-page article. Um, pretty neat. Really? What was the what was the um, the edge on what what line did they take the whole story? They were doing like really you know uh, inspirational kids, mm. and because her you know handicapped and the tunnel, they uh, they did this whole spread on her. It was pretty neat. That's to, fucking to cool. See. Yeah, not bad. I got an epic. I got all epic games, but uh, that was that was good for her. I felt I felt pretty happy for her. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, um, I think that uh, you live a lifestyle that's uh, um, not cookie cutter, and they are forced to see the world in different ways than you know the nine to five dad that comes home and loosens his tie and sits down to you know a casual drink and watches shit TV and then rinse and repeat every day of the week. You know, I think. Uh, I don't think that world exists anymore. I think uh, people are, are living the lives that they want to live a little bit more. So kids need to be a little bit more uh, resilient with their parents. Mine just figured oh, yeah. I was crazy fucking years ago and my mom as well. But I got the greatest compliment from, from a friend years and years ago. And I'm sure in that respect, you and I have lived similar lives. My friends always thought I was, something was a little wrong, <laughs> a, little, a little bit. <laughs> But it was the coolest compliment ever was no matter what shit you found yourself in, none of us were ever worried that you weren't going to be okay. Yeah. And I went. I, I take that. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay, yes. I put myself in every fucking hole I ever, ever ended up in. Like, I fully take responsibility for all the negative shit that ever happened to me. I'm not one of these people that'll go, it's all their fault. You know, I might say, fuck you, but chances are I'm the one that caused it. <laughs> now, when you were raising your daughter mm. did you ever like indoctrinize these other parents into your weirdness no no especially because she was going to catholic school and and i did the long distance dad thing for a long time uh when her mother and i split up i was a vegas stripper um and making good money at it uh and uh when she and i split up uh my she she actually didn't we weren't gonna split up she wanted to move back home for her home was ohio and my response was well wait a second you're about to have my child um and i'm qualified to maybe get a job at a gas station in ohio or i can continue making a shitload of money as a stripper in vegas i think you kind of just guaranteed that i'm going to be a stripper for a long goddamn time <laughs> so <laughs> so I did the long distance thing, so when I would go back to spend time with my daughter, it was party time. Like, every time she saw me, she knew she was in for it. Like, I think she was probably, I think, nine years old. And I picked her up in Ohio and flew to Florida and spent two weeks in Disney World. Nice. Yeah. Because... Yeah, because I'm going to spoil the shit out of her. And, of course, I had the huge argument with the ex um, because I would spoil Bailey really, really bad. And my response was, I don't get to see her enough for her to ever hear the word no from me. <laughs> so we partied our asses off and had a whole lot of fun. But what that meant was that I was known to her friends and her friends' parents um, only through reputation. And that wasn't as the stripper. That was just his dad that worked in Vegas. 
Dad's a fun guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and so, she didn't get the she didn't understand who I really was until she hit her early teens, and then she was clued in on <laughs> who Dad was. Yeah, so I, I I'm the opposite, and it doesn't matter if they're church people or not. I bring them in, and I show them right off the bat what they're dealing with. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and, and it's funny to watch these really square dudes or, you know, women love it. Sure. Love it. I had one guy right off the bat, he just bought a boat. I didn't want my daughter on the boat. I said, you know, he's never had a boat. He just bought a 50-foot, you know, flybridge. I'm like, he doesn't know how to drive. He can't go. So she's like, oh, can I please? So I call him, and I'm talking to him, and right off the bat, just start giving him the weird, telling him that I'm fucking Ahab, and I'll come skipper's boat in my Speedo, and... <laughs> He's like gets nervous with the speedo comments, and then they sent him a picture, and he's like, "Oh!" And then he sent him back, and now he's changed his profile picture. <laughs> um, yesterday, you know, all these church people, basketball team, Catholic basketball team, with the priest coach. I showed up in my silkies, and then was in the speedo. He got them all <laughs> Facebooking me. Yo, we gotta hang out. So you, I just like to bring the weird out right away. And um, if you like me, you like me. If you don't, I'm not going to prance around and pretend to be someone I'm not. So sure. my daughter's going over there. You got to know what you're dealing with on this end. It's, it's worked out really well. Sure. Strange. I can't believe that these people still allow my kids over. But well, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm I'm definitely that way now. I wasn't back then with her um, because it, because it was a long distance thing, and because I wasn't there for them to see any more than that surface. So uh, I didn't want my kid, especially at that young age, to get that hard a time. It was. It's funny because as she got a little bit older, it was her that would tell her friends dad used to be a stripper in Vegas and jumps out of airplanes and parties all over the place. So it was weird because I kind of became a, I think a weird badge of honor for her. Cause she got to say, yeah, your dad works at a bank, but my dad's fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, and it became this fun thing. It's funny how many of these parents actually go for tandems after they, you know, I bet sometimes talking about skydiving too much, you know, how do you know there's a pilot in the room? Obviously uh, he's going to, but, um, so I've, I've learned to slow that down a little bit, but right. once you know it comes out, because I think my wife's super stoked about everything that I do. And, um, you know, you got to do these rich hedge fund guys where I live and my daughter's on their yachts and stuff. And all of a sudden it's, Oh, you skydive. Oh, and, and they start talking about it. Now you're like, Oh, now I got to talk about it all day. And then right. sure enough, the next day they're like, Hey, let's get in the car and go. And, yeah, man. And the drop zones are happy because I keep sending them a ton of business, but. Oh it's, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's funny, but. It's funny because you'll you'll try and hold the whole Scott everything back when you kind of get to that point where you're like, I don't want to spend all day talking about this or I don't want to make this conversation about me. But as soon as they find out, they're all in about trying to find out about the sport and trying to find out yeah. what does it take to jump out of an airplane. And, and uh, it's funny. Um, especially when I was like back jumping in, in Vegas or, or cross keys and living in a trailer and you're, you're sitting there talking to some guy that's making a fucking million dollars a year and has the, the so-called dream life, but he can't stop asking me questions about the shit that I do. And that's when you kind of get that realization that, oh, the world isn't the way I've been told it was because that nope. guy's rich and he's desperately looking for something that fulfills him and I'm flat fucking broke living in a trailer and I wouldn't change a goddamn thing. Nope. I wouldn't change an aspect of my life. I love no. it. And it, it is funny to watch these really wealthy people just wish they had what we have. Right. It's like, hey man, 
if you know if I could do it any different, I didn't have kids, I'd be I'm in my van right now, but I'd be living in this thing next to a creek and I'd be totally happy eating yeah, spam man. every day. The, the single biggest tip I ever got in skydiving, I shot a video. It was me and a tandem instructor uh, out of Vegas, and it was a uh, last-minute tandem showed up. But he shows up out of Vegas in a limousine, which isn't necessarily unusual, but he shows up to the drop zone in a limousine in a three-piece suit. Um, and it was kind of a, oh, fuck, who wants to do this jump? So me and this instructor end up doing it. He takes the tandem, I take the video. And this guy the entire time is, you know, he's – trying to finish business and whatever and then we get in the plane and it's a it's a 206 so it's a long ride up and we're talking and shooting the shit and this and that and and the guy ends up having the most incredibly amazing time he can't stop asking us about what we do for a living and at the end of it he palms us each a tip and it felt like multiple bills but you know it's in vegas you think fuck i think i maybe i got a hundred dollars this is amazing and you're holding this tip as this guy is just gushing over you and upset about the fact that he's getting back into a limousine to go stay probably in a penthouse at a hotel somewhere. And as soon as he leaves, having just told us how wonderful our lives are, I look in my hand. It's a fucking thousand dollar tip, oh, man. which to him yes. is probably nothing to me. Of course, that was a oh, my fucking God, this is the best month I've ever had in my life. Um, but it wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even the amount of the tip. It was that this guy was so enamored with our life and it was completely backwards from everything that I'd been told or believed. And that was the first real, real realization that, holy shit, I I think I'm onto something here. So I guess money really isn't everything, but it's the, it's the moments, each little moment in life makes up. Yes. Your movie. And I want to die with a hell of a movie. Right. Yeah. No, it's those little moments. Like in the interview questions that you sent over and you asked about the most memorable jump. And unfortunately for this poor guy, one of the first ones to jump to mind was when a little Japanese guy threw up because me and my buddy Weasel were farting in the plane. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) on a day when we were having a farting contest. So... And there's not too many people that would take great pride in that, but that's still. <laughs> hey, back back to the interview. Um, I was I was telling somebody in my house about the cream pie question, <laughs> right? And then it was in my head, and we have the little Debbie cream pies. So right. I told my youngest daughter, "Go get me a cream pie," and she had heard us giggling about it. And I guess she thought it was a funny word, and dude, all weekend, all she's been doing is running around going, "Old lady cream pies." And um, and yeah, me, I'm making me turn red. Like I'm turning red because my nine-year-old is running around the house going "old lady cream pie," and I'm like, "No, it's a cookie, just a cookie." Instead of oatmeal, she's saying "old lady," and because you know, little Debbie looks like a young girl. I guess she says as an old lady. We're at the barbecues, and she's going up to people, "old lady cream pies." <laughs> Daddy loves old lady cream pies. I'm like, oh my god! I mean, to make me turn red. Ugh. That's but, yeah, awesome. cream pie. Yeah. yeah, that's what we're dealing with this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that was funny because when you sent over the questions without uh, um, really, you and I really didn't talk too much about the tone that you would want. You just sent over the questions, and I'm like, all right, well, he's getting me both barrels, you know. And they were fucking <laughs> hilarious questions. I really enjoyed a couple of those. Were just fucking fun. That cream pie one was specifically yeah. I'm like, what, what did I say? Actions, not words. That's right. <laughs> that's right. 
yeah. I'm not afraid. No, hell no. Bring it on, motherfucker. Well, exactly. that's that's just nobody's gonna play the uh, I who can be more offensive game with me without me putting up a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that one in all the interviews going forward. I loved it. You oh, were the fantastic. first. I'm like, I'm keeping it. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell how people feel about these old lady cream pies. It's those sideways oh. fucking things. Well, and again, that's that's kind of where I've always uh, um, one of the reasons I've always felt so at home in the sport and in the community is because you can be that guy and everybody knows. Chances are he's just saying this shit for a laugh, but they're not quite sure. But it's still, <laughs> it's still fucking funny, you know. It, it, it's and that's that's the the most enjoyable part is you really do just kind of get to let your hair down and be yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So now, no, um, uh, tell me one more time about the links. How do they find you on Pussfoot and all this shit and the foodie group and all this? How do, how do they keep track? All right. Yeah. So, um, wow, there's a lot of links. But uh, pussfoot.com, pretty easy, P-U-S-S-F-O-O-T.com. That's the website. You can get links to recipes there. And if anyone has a recipe that they love and want to put up on there, um, just email me. And we'll uh, we'll go through and actually write you know, or publish their, their recipe. That's super easy. It goes for you too, Dean. Awesome. Um, Facebook is Pussfoot OG, same as Instagram. If you want to find me, just me, it's Pussfoot44. And then um, Facebook, Brian Casserly. Awesome. It's pretty easy. Now, on yeah. those, are you going to be listing the uh, uh, events that are hopefully going to be happening coming up? Are you listing cancellations of shit so people know what's going on? We've just been canceling them as they go. But um, as far as stuff coming up, you got Wet Hot American DZ, which uh, me and the people from Sussex are putting on. That's in a couple of weeks. We have a foam pit out of an old military freaking <laughs> hospital tent. I mean, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff at that one. And there's really not much going on. So if you guys want to get to a boogie, that's a state you can go to. Um, Point Break down in coastal Carolina. That one's going to be absolutely epic. Last year was a first uh, first year boogie. And it was just, man, it was, it had, you know, TSK vibes to it because of how much partying was going on. But right. with, you know, a small mom and pop drop zone. Calmness, I'll say. It was a good one. I would give that... Um, I'd give that a five on the dildo scale. Nice. That's a nice. lot of fun, that one. Um, you got Birthday Boogie coming up in Georgia. That's in August. Burning Low Man, another first-year boogie last year. Um, so this is its second one, and you, you got to be there for that. That's at Suffolk. Awesome. It, and Virginia, hopefully we don't get a spike down there, but that boogie is going to be outrageous. It was the most fun I've had at a boogie in a long time. Awesome. So hopefully we can keep that going. And other than that, most of everything else has really been canceled. Halloween, obviously, at San Marcos is an amazing time. If you can make that one, make sure. that one. Well, moving but, forward, I mean, I, I, again, I'm keeping a relatively close eye on it, and hopefully shit starts to calm down case-wise and, and continue to slowly reopen and these boogies get to go you know, and, and have some fun. But I'm going to be looking for the fucking dildo scale on Pussfoot. <laughs> They're going to find you hey, on Pussfoot, and they're going to find you um, running the foodie stuff. And, Brian, as always, fucking blast sitting and talking to you, man. Yeah, man. This was fun. Anytime, yeah. anytime we'll chat, man. We'll do anytime. it again. We'll do it again, man. Absolutely. All right. Blue skies. All right. Cheers, guys. Be safe. Stay Peace. healthy. All right.
Once again, another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you by the greatest magazine in the known universe. That's right, Blue Skies Magazine. Head to blueskiesmag.com where you can subscribe to the magazine, get all the badass swag that they've got. And as always, I tell you, submit those photographs, submit those article ideas. We want to hear what you've got to say. We want to see that shit that you've been shooting. For me, I am The Fucking Pilot. You can find me at thefuckingpilot.net. Both the books that I've written are on there, The Fucking Pilot Book and The Accidental Stripper. Uh, both of them available in digital and print. And I'm almost done with the audio. Almost done with the audio for The Accidental Stripper. Also brought to you by Liquid Sky. Come on. These guys are doing amazing shit. You heard us talk about them on the podcast. Get yourself a mask from Liquid Sky. Get yourself a badass jumpsuit as shit gets rolling again. As always, again... Lunatic Fringe, Into the Void. <laughs>